You're listening to a UCD Humanities Institute podcast. This podcast series features recordings of lectures, seminars and events hosted by or associated with the University College Dublin Humanities Institute. Our podcasts are available on Apple, Spotify and on SoundCloud. For more information and to listen to hundreds of podcasts, go to ucd.ie forward slash humanities. In this podcast, a recording from the second webinar organised as part of Framing Ageing, a clinical, cultural and social dialogue. Panel 3, Narrating Gender and Ageing, featured three speakers. The third speaker was Professor Mary Cosgrove from Trinity College Dublin, who presented on The Meaning of Middle Age in Contemporary German Literature. I'm going to be reflecting on a trilogy of midlife novels that was published in Germany between 2009 and 2019. And through the course of the paper, I'm going to consider how these novels, this trilogy, implots the course of midlife. And then I'm going to offer some ideas on what this implotment might be able to tell us about the status of midlife currently in one of the Western world's richest and most educated societies. So while thinking my way towards this paper, I, uh, I sort of realized, I suppose, that a book-length study on representations of midlife in contemporary German fiction would be an immensely worthwhile, uh, worthwhile project. So first of all, with a median age of 45.7 years, Germany is solidly middle-aged. And second, with a death rate that outstrips its birth rate, its population is in decline and it's also aging. Germans are living longer. They have quite a high life expectancy for men and women. Third is also how in contemporary German literature, middle age is a prism through which to angle the experience of socio-historical events. And with that to express a particular temporal sensibility of perplexity and bewilderment. And I think you could say a lot about that but it's very fairly complicated, I think. It's a general insight, of course, and it won't be limited to German letters alone. Other literatures and cultures will invariably employ middle age and other life stages and ages in representative works to frame local or national concerns that may also have a resonance with world historical or global developments. However, given Germany's prominent place at the cold face of 20th century history, Age, whether implicitly or explicitly, is always a political matter. The question of when you were born, so for example, 1945 or 1989, and where, meaning in which Germany, West Germany, the GDR, or the Unified Nation, and of course, when you were born can determine where you were born as well. These questions permeate much contemporary German writing, not least those texts that deal with Germany's recent difficult pasts. Middle-aged Germans today will have been born between, roughly speaking, 1960 to 1975, which means that some were born in and born and socialized in the East, while others were born in the West. So for example, I was just spinning this out in my head. If you were an East German of, let's say, 30, when the wall came down, you might have ended up in long-term unemployment. You might not have, but you might have. An experience of accelerated decline where unification, so full of promise initially, was in reality the transition to 
socioeconomic irrelevance before your time. We could describe this political and historical experience of rapid reunification as the lived temporality of premature aging. Post-unification literature from the East German perspective often expresses this. What I mean to say with this example is that many middle-aged East Germans today may subjectively feel, and I don't know if this is actually the case, but it would be an interesting question, they may subjectively feel that they've been in their middle years for over two decades now. And this is, of course, a negative reading of middle age in terms of decline that emphasizes the individual as a socioeconomic um, entity above all else. So these are just some opening thoughts that resonate to an extent with the trilogy I've chosen to speak about today. I'll be presenting the work of Terezia Mora, who was born in 1971, a Hungarian-German writer who's been resident in Berlin since the 1980s, and she's one of Germany's leading author authors today. I mention her birth rate because the trilogy features a protagonist who's roughly the same age as the author. The three novels appeared respectively in 2009, 2013, and 2019, and trace the midlife trajectory of a character called Darius Kopp, who, when we meet him in the first novel, uh, the only man left on the continent is 43, balding and rotund. By the end of the third novel, On the Rope, Cop is 50, he's still balding, and having lost some weight in the intervening years, it's beginning to return, he's beginning to return his to his original rotund form. The pounds are creeping back on again. His story spans the period between 2008 and 2014. So I'm going to be trying to assess whether Cop's narrative um, is a story, sorry, is a narrative of middle age as decline and disappointment, or whether Mora presents a more nuanced account of middle age uh, as a development narrative, maybe even with some progress in it. When we meet Darius Kopp, um, he's an IT wireless security engineer based in Berlin, working for a global conglomerate, which has its headquarters in Sunnyvale, California. It's late August, early September 2008. The Lehman Brothers crashes on the horizon, and with that, the rapid descent into the global financial crash of 2008-9. Cobb is 43, as I said, and already at this point, he has considerable experience of the precarity of his sector. During the dot-com crash of 2000, he lost his job and all his investments, remaining unemployed for a year, but eventually finding steady enough work in what Mora presents as an unpredictable, constantly flexibilizing sector characterized by sudden takeovers and mergers. A first insight then is a generally relevant one, but it applies with force to this trilogy. If you work in this sector, you must constantly self-optimize and self-manage. Indeed, behave as though you are an entrepreneur as opposed to a salaried employee. Self-improvement, self-discipline, and constant striving is the name of the game. Flexibility, adaptability, a willingness to learn, and so on. The so-called entrepreneurial self is a product of the flexibilized, globalized workplace that puts ever greater responsibility on the shoulders of its workers, even while reducing or completely discontinuing securities and benefits. 
to some extent, Mora presents this environment as a young person's milieu. And indeed, Cop was once upon a time that younger person, a 24-year-old ready for anything back in 1989 when the Berlin Wall fell and the East opened up. Originally from the GDR, Cop wholeheartedly embraced capitalism, entering the 1990s, that holiday decade of decadence parties, fun and easy money, by getting his first job in a US company with an office in Berlin. Around the turn into the millennium, the crises start to occur and never seem to cease for very long. In the dot-com crash, the unemployed cop marries a Hungarian woman called Flora, who's trying to get by in Berlin by working in media and translation, supplementing this bid for a career with jobs in cafes and bars. Cop and Flora get married after her first suicide attempt and depressive stint in hospital. They then spend several years unsuccessfully trying to conceive. At the start of the first novel in the trilogy, this is where the couple is at in their life, struggling to stay afloat in a precarious white collar middle age with little financial or job security, several personal problems and no clear solutions in sight. By the end of that first novel, Cop has lost his job again and Flora has left him moving to an eco-friendly commune on the outskirts of Berlin. At the start of the second novel, we learn that Flora committed suicide a matter of weeks after the end of the first novel. The second installment of the trilogy narr narrates Cop's grief as he goes on an extended road trip with Flora's ashes in an, in an effort to find the right place to bury her remains. And at the start of the third and final novel, we find out that this last resting place is Mount Etna on the island of Sicily. Cop, now approaching 50, has been living here and working in a pizzeria for the last number of years, having completely dropped out of his white collar global IT lifestyle. No one in Berlin knows where he is. So in effect, he's been hiding for many years. On the face of it, this trilogy seems to implot middle age in a narrative of decline, failure, and tragedy. In his 40s, Cop loses everything. And by the end of the final novel, materially, he hasn't won very much back, even though he does return to Berlin. The global financial crisis thus maps onto his midlife crisis. Both invariably have the end of the Cold War as part of their origin story, Cop slams the door on the GDR with the fall of the wall, only too glad to be rid of that place of deprivation, embracing capitalism with wild abandon. And Mora paints the economic crisis in terms of the heady, unbridled ascent of global neoliberal capitalism after 1989. In the final novel, it's clear that neoliberalism has weathered its catastrophic failure of 2008 and continues to flourish unscathed while loser cop, the erstwhile successful neoliberal subject, must find a way to arrange himself within this mindless socioeconomic formation. And this he does by accepting downward social mobility and casual precarious work as inevitable features of life in such a system. In so doing, he is of course no less a neoliberal subject than when he was a well-paid IT engineer it's just that now he more evidently belongs to a new underclass of highly qualified and experienced precarious neoliberal subjects. 
This seems to be anything but a progress narrative of middle age. Well-educated, professional-class midlife characters should not end up in near destitution, widowed in the most traumatic way, with no fixed abode and a completely ruptured career path. And yet I would argue that Maura's trilogy, while in some respects very clearly a story of failure and decline, it's also from the start a story of resilience, that in exposing the ugly realities of today's greater socioeconomic picture, shows how people can and do reinvent themselves beyond the mindless self-optimization of the neoliberal, of the entrepreneurial self, because they must. Maura tells the story of the resilience of middle age through Cop's very body. It's not a perfect, fit, or even youthful body, but it's strong and robust. It is a body that endures. It never stops consuming in order to keep itself going. Cop continually eats and drinks the whole way throughout this trilogy. It's also a body that sleeps when it needs to and parties when it can. In short, it's a body that can adapt to the temporal vicissitudes of 24-7 neoliberal capitalism, even if this means hangovers and exhaustion, along with sudden fits of deep sleep during the working day that alternate with insomnia and restlessness at night. Cop's bodily presence is constant in this trilogy, the base persistence of his body in the face of personal trauma, the caprice of the global IT sector, and the patho pathological effects of obscure capitalist temporality tells a story of middle aging as mental and physical survival by whatever means and no matter what. Sometimes survival takes the form of marathon drinking sessions and deliberately not working. This is quite subversive when we think of compliant neoliberal subjecthood such as the entrepreneurial self. And it's also subversive that this um, sort of uh, uh, non-compliant behavior is placed in the lap of a, of a midlife character. Other times, particularly in the final novel of the trilogy, uh, this resilience comes across as a quiet asceticism and withdrawal, which we might align with mature processing and acceptance of life's tragedies. Whichever form Cop's doggedly surviving body takes, its central place in the narrative makes his story one of resilience, even while it is also a story of disappointment, failure, and decline. To come back to uh, one question I asked at the start, what can this tale of tempered resilience tell us about the status of midlife in contemporary Germany? Well, I mean, I don't really know, but I'll offer um, a couple of thoughts. Placing Cop's body at the center of, of a middle-age narrative is a, a way of conducting an acerbic critique of wealthy German society. Cop's story tells us that even as a privileged, educated white European man, by middle age, you may have nothing much to show for your labor in an economic context characterized by growing inequalities and the erosion of the middle class. Cop's story of tempered resilience which resists the idea of decline that perhaps goes a little bit too easily with middle age, takes place in the greater context of regressive modernity and downward social mobility, the opposite of the progress narrative of upward social mobility that informed the three decades after the end of the Second World War. This is a global phenomenon 
far bigger than any one individual generation or polity. More as a cant of Cop's middle age tells us this, in precarious times, the individual is thrown back onto their body. They are perhaps more evidently a body than at other times. The truth of a biopolitical economic subjectivity comes to the fore here, irrespective of whether you stay in the game as a compliant entrepreneurial self or whether you burn out and drop out. One way or the other, you are very close in some respects to your 19th century predecessors in that it is blatantly clear that what you have is your labor, the work your body can do, IT security or flipping pizzas to sell in a precarious market. Being a biopolitical body in a neoliberal context is not restricted to people in middle age, of course, but by making this story the story of a middle-aged man, Mora undermines the economic progress narrative of upward social mobility. This is no straightforward tale of the regressive middle-aged subject in a wider hegemonic, hegemonic context of regressive modernity, however. Mora's trilogy instead offers an alternative narrative of resilience within and despite the overall regressive context. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Framing Aging. For more information on the project and to access podcasts and videos from our events, check out the project website at framingaging.ucd.ie.